We're going to start a new series, and uh, uh, the, the, the challenge for me is, is to speak and use PowerPoint, which is not my natural um, inclination, uh, but I wanted to do that. How are we doing, Andy? Are we working? There we go. Look at that. Right. So, really, we want to start the new year because this is a new year talking about mission. And um, oh, I look like one of those professional comedians. You know when they, when they do this? Have you seen that? You know, comedians go on stage and then they, they pick up the microphone stand and then they go. They don't do that. That makes too much noise. And they go, I'm from London. Anybody here from London? And everybody goes, yay, because it's in London. Uh, I'm not from London. Anybody here not from London? There you go. You see, you see, I can do that. I can do that. Anyway, so we're talking about mission. And um, this, this is significant for us as a church. And it's significant for me in, in a role that I have. Because um, the, the plan was, uh, really, when I took this role, uh, was that we were moving towards being a mission church. And we've worked quite hard on that. Uh, for quite some time. And really, we're, we're, we're doing well, I think. I think we're doing well. Do you feel we're doing well? Yeah. Getting there? We're getting there. We're getting our head around it. We're, we're understanding what that means. But we're sort of at a stage really, a new, new, new year to talk about, well, okay, what is mission? What is, what is mission? And, and what is a mission lifestyle? Now, for a lot of people, if you're a Christian in church, and you talk about mission, the immediate thing that people think is evangelism. That you're asking us all to be evangelists. Well, the reality is that some people, some people are called to be evangelists. And those people that are called to be evangelists, well, we do need to be supportive towards them. I would like to think that in our church, we have some people who are specifically called to be evangelists. This is Billy Graham, by the way. Do you recognize Billy Graham? Still alive, still going. Wow. So, um, so some people are, and we, we need to identify those giftings and resource it. We need to encourage and enable and release the evangelists among us and the evangelists elsewhere and pray and support them. But the good news for all of you who are currently now beginning to feel that rising bit of terror, uh, thinking that I'm now going to say, right, everybody up on your feet, we're going out into the, into the cold, and you're not allowed back in for a cup of coffee until you've pointed at somebody in their chest and said, you need Jesus. Because I'm not actually going to do that. I'm going to point out the the good news and the not so good news, which is that some people are called to be evangelists, and the rest of us aren't. Mission doesn't mean you have to be an evangelist. But what we have to recognize is that the rest of us are on a mission. If we belong to Jesus, we have been commissioned. And we are, whether we like it or not, called to be on a mission. This is what Jesus said. 
Some of you, a very small number, those of you who can be bothered and, and, and get excited about it, must go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing people in the name of Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, and teach people to obey everything that I've commanded you. Is that what he said? You see, there's the problem. Jesus was just so inclusive. I mean, how irritating is that? I mean, wouldn't it be so much better if he just, well, you know, chose other people? Who would be better? No is the answer. No, it's not. Two reasons. The first one is because Christians in evangelical churches have not really understood what living a mission lifestyle is. So a lot of the thinking is about evangelism and not about living a mission lifestyle. And making disciples isn't necessarily about going and preaching. Some of us aspire to preach a bit, but not everybody does. Some people aspire to evangelize, but not everybody does. Some people aspire even to you know, go abroad and change their entire lifestyle and go to far off flung places in difficult situations and do that. Praise God for all of that, but not everybody. We have to take that calling seriously in those people and support them. However, we're all on a mission lifestyle. And can I just tell you one thing about the people who go and do that kind of thing? Because I've had to do that at times. When you come back and what you discover in the church is that nobody else is bothered even talking about Jesus, as a missionary, you get quite demoralized. Who's been a missionary here? People, we've got missionaries here. People have been missionaries. You're all fired up. You come back and you hit a sort of indifference. And it's quite demoralizing. It's not a good way to support. A really good way to support missionaries is that missionaries are taking big risks and they come back and they find that the believers are taking small risks. And they're saying, well, we really appreciate what you're doing. We are trying to do our bit as well. That's really encouraging to missionaries. Am I allowed to say that? It's an unfair thing. I'm not saying that to make people feel guilty. I'm just, do you know what I mean? It's a bit like that story I keep telling about the, the supermarket, where you go to a really poor place and you come back and the supermarket is just full of everything. And, and one time I did that and I walked past somebody and they, they said to their husband, the trouble with this supermarket is there's nothing here. And it just sort of really shocked me. It's a bit of a culture shock. Anyway, it's by the way, I'm wasting time here. But the, it's just that interesting thing that we're all on mission. That doesn't mean we're all evangelists. And that's the key element here. I want to show you a verse. This is in Hebrews 13, verse 15 and 16. And I found this really exciting verse because it says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Now, that's essentially us praising God by telling people that we belong to Jesus. Remember what Romans 10 and 9 says, doesn't it? If you believe in your heart, yes, do you remember this? If you believe in your heart, 
if you confess with your lips, because it is through believing, isn't it? Yes, but through confessing, we are saved. So, this is, this is where we are. We, we are called to be open. One of the interesting things about modern missiologists, including Michael Frost, but a few others, is they are saying in the world, authenticity is valued above everything else. Authenticity is valued about everything else. And yet, I don't know about you, because I'm quite old. Um, I'm not going to ask who else is old, but I'm quite old. But here's the, the evangelical Christian culture that I grew up in was this. You need to be very careful and very circumspect about when you tell people that you follow Jesus, because it will put them off. And what we ended up with and, and I grew up in this, and, and it was a sort of evangelical secret movement, really, where we, we gathered in churches and people weren't that sure what we did or said. And outside, eventually, in some workplace, rumor would go round that somebody might be a churchgoer, but nobody quite knew what that meant. The offshoot of that, of course, is that the media has had a field day and that we are now the subject of all sorts of bizarre stereotypes that are presented, and nobody particularly knows. Not so, say the modern missiologists. The modern missiologists say this, that if you are not upfront about something, and then people subsequently discover that this is an important part of your lifestyle, people think that you have been deceptive. That if you don't mention that you are a follower of Jesus, and then subsequently people find out, they consider that to be deceptive, not the other way around. So there's a real opportunity here. Do you not think that's exciting? There's a real opportunity in the whole of our community to be upfront and open because we're just being authentic. Now what happens when we say, there's no glass there, I could have gone all the way through. But, uh, What can I say? Which is interesting. Now, the second part of this passage is, so we own the name of Jesus, but we're also told, do not forget to do good and share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. And this is the exciting thing about being on mission, is that we can tell people that we belong to Jesus, but more importantly, we can also show people that we belong to Jesus. Serving is the most effective witness. Serving is the most effective witness. And what it does is it generates an identity which stands out. Think about Nicodemus. Nicodemus went to see Jesus because Jesus was different. The standout was that he was different. And that's us. We are also called to live differently. To live differently. Remember what Jesus called the salt and light, didn't he? What did Jesus say? Matthew 5, 16 says, In the same way, this is Jesus speaking, Let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So mission lifestyle doesn't mean that we have to be 
an evangelist. We like evangelists because they do the scary stuff. But we are not necessarily called to do that, but we are called to live a mission lifestyle, which works like this. We follow Jesus. We serve others. We live differently. And how effective is our mission lifestyle depends on how closely we follow Jesus, how generously we serve others, and how differently we choose to live. It's a difficult thing. I'll talk about one or two of these missiologists a little bit, because they are quite an interesting bunch. Um, They are quite radical people. And when I say that, I'm understating it. They are really radical people. And a few of them, including Frost and Hirsch, I don't want to do them disservice. I I don't mean this at all. But initially, they wrote a load of books about this is how to do mission. This is how to reach your communities. And they essentially just called people to be out. About 10 years after this, this would be um, just at the turn of the millennium, maybe a little later, out came a series of books with this preface which said, we're just writing this for ordinary churches. We just want to say we're really sorry. We wrote all these books about reaching people for Jesus, and it turns out that you want to do that. We never realized that. We thought you weren't bothered. We've written it for all the fringy people who want to reach Jesus. Turns out actual churches want to do it. We apologize. Read the prefaces. It's quite interesting. It's not in there, but it's in the... And that's an interesting thing. But I don't think, in all fairness, because remember, these are very radical people. I like them, but they're very radical. Is that they've understood that for lots of Christians, like I said, for mission, people hear evangelist. An evangelist feels scary, but mission isn't. And I don't think we've really got that or particularly understood that, but we can now. This is a mission lifestyle. Serve, follow Jesus, serve others, live differently. It doesn't involve sandwich boards. It doesn't involve standing on the street. It doesn't involve tents and missions. Although, to be honest, I quite like all of those. If you go to some third world countries, they still do tent missions like they used to do in the 50s. It's fab because you actually see people become Christians. There's a, a, a festival coming up in, um, uh, in June for men called Christian Vision for Men. And they pretty well run all sorts of male things. And when I say male things, it includes axe throwing. So, we're, you know, we're talking male things. But one of the things that they do is they don't bother with anything fancy when they're talking. They just give the gospel straight. And it's amazing to watch men responding just to a straightforward gospel message, which works like this. Your inside is not right. You know it. No matter what you do, you never quite get it right. But Jesus can take that away because he paid the price that you spend your whole life trying to pay. And men are like this. They try to pay for things. That's how they go. Try to work it out and so on. Jesus did that. 
you can be free. He's already paid the price you can have in your life. Men respond to that. Women respond to that. That's our gospel. It's exciting. So that's how we have an impactful mission. Because if we follow Jesus, if we serve others, if we live differently, people think that's highly questionable. Why are you doing this? How come? Think Nicodemus went to see Jesus and said, you're, you're a strange bloke, Jesus. What's the deal with you? Would be the modern version of that. How come? How come we're not seeing you at this and that? How come we are seeing you do this? And that carried on throughout his life. And the interesting thing was that not all of it was approved of. We've got to remember this. We're living differently. We're not necessarily seeking approval. Because Jesus went and spent time with people that the establishment didn't approve of. That was good. But it didn't necessarily get approval, but it certainly raised questions. Here's the pressure in our society. The pressure in our society is to fit in. Let's be honest. We're already being heavily educated to know what we're allowed to say and what we're not allowed to say. We're already being heavily educated in knowing what we're allowed to appear like and what we're not allowed to appear like. Compliance is a driver in our society. Living differently stands out. Stands out more than words. We're awash with words. You can't move for views and opinions. Actions, on the other hand, stand out. Being questionable is so important. So important. So what does a mission look like? We are highly questionable, and therefore we get asked questions. And the thing to remember then is that the answer is always Jesus. I'm sure John Smith would have found a better picture than this, but it was kind of, it was kind of the best I could do. I'm not very good at these kind of things, but you know what I'm saying. The answer is always Jesus. Now, I know those of you who come here regularly will have heard me say this before, but the answer does have to be Jesus. The name of Jesus is powerful. There's a spiritual battle goes on to make Christians not talk about Jesus. We can be churchgoers, we can be Christians, and that's, that's a title that's shifted in its meaning in all sorts of ways. We can believe in God, and we don't get much of a reaction. But if we tell people that we follow Jesus, it has a big issue. Why is that? Philippians 2 tells us God's decree, which is that this, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Now, do you know what that means? That means that when I speak the name of Jesus, the whole of creation dips. The whole of creation dips. And I know someone and their demon army who hate that. They hate that because it tells them 
they are already defeated. But it tells the world that they're already defeated. So the answer, ladies and gentlemen, is Jesus. Why do you do this? Because I follow Jesus. Why do I do this? Because I follow Jesus. And that's a vastly important thing. What makes you so different? Because I follow Jesus. What motivates you? I follow Jesus. That's the answer always to the questionable lifestyle is I follow Jesus. And we're called to say it, like I said, the drive is for authenticity. This opens up a fantastic opportunity for us. Nowadays, there's an opportunity to be authentic by being open. How good is that? How good is that? I follow Jesus. And that's exciting. Okay, so what we wanted to talk about then was, what does a mission lifestyle look like? And you could get quite sort of heavy and, and complicated and so on. And we, as a leadership, particularly eldership, we looked very closely at how we could simplify this. Easy, easy things that we can all do. Not just as individuals, but as a church together in whatever setting we want to do. And, and that's been exciting. So this is what Michael Frost has come up with. This is his suggestion. There are others, but we like this one. And it comes with the acronym BELLS which is good. Really, actually, now I'm thinking about it, I probably should have put the first letters in a different colour, shouldn't I? I told you that, I don't know. So. But the acronym BELLS, which talks about bless, eat, then listen, learn, and scent. And we're going to look at each one of them throughout the, the whole of January. And we're going to look at what this means. How it, what it means to bless others, what it means to eat together, what it means to listen to the Holy Spirit, to learn about Jesus, and to see ourselves, to see ourselves as saint people, to see ourselves as missional people. So we move from thinking that we all have to be evangelists to being missional. I think it was quite interesting. Somebody told me a story, I know who it is, but I won't say, and they were saying they worked in a place and uh, one, of the, uh, one of the staff came into the staff room and, and stood really rigidly and said, I just want to tell you all that you really need to follow Jesus and that's what you should do, and then burst into tears and ran back out again. And, and this was somebody who'd been told by their church that they shouldn't come back to church till next Sunday unless they'd told the people in their workplace the gospel. I mean... <sighs> We're not talking about putting people under that kind of pressure. That's, that, how does that help? It's far better the other way if as we live, people come to us and say, why? Why are you doing this? What is this about? Tell me what's so different. It's an amazing thing that we can do. And it's fantastic. So really a questionable lifestyle in a whole range of things. We're going to look at these different one at a time. But the first one that we're going to look at is bless. Habit one, bless. So here's a question. How hard is it to bless someone? How hard is it? Oh yeah, I, w I want to tell you, right, just, I just want to confess strategic mistake in my sermon pre 
presentation today as I was preparing it, because I've now prepared a section where you're all going to shout out the different ways in which you can bless people. The difficulty is I'm going to need somebody to come up the front and listen to what you shout, because I can't hear it. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote this, but it's good. Come up, Harley, will you, and just listen. So can you just tell me, just shout out any old way in which you can, I will just hear them. How, how can you bless someone? Compliment. Compliments, yes, encouragement. Pray for them. Yes, absolutely. And tell people you're praying for them. A hug. A hug's a good thing. Careful who you do that to. <laughs> spend time with them. Just make people feel valued by spending time, absolutely. Listen. 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 That vastly important, yes. Invite them for a meal. Absolutely, fantastic. More of that next week. Smile. Smile. Oh, smile, yes. <laughs> Invite them to church. I, is this a fun time? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else? Say you're amazing. Say you're amazing. That's yes, give them encouragement. Compliment. Yeah, fantastic. Brilliant. Pay the rent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Give gifts of all sorts. Yes, absolutely. Something they dropped on the floor. Fantastic, yeah. Inquiring yeah. about their family life. Yeah, fantastic. See, brilliant. Thank you, Arlene. Thank you, everybody. See, you already know how to do this. It's not hard. Does it make a difference? When somebody does this for you, does it make a difference? Yes. You ever been in a tricky work situation where you're struggling a bit? Who's been in a tricky work situation where he's struggling a bit? See, when somebody comes up and says, look, you're doing okay. Well done. You know, keep going. Does that help? Oh, man, does that help? Absolutely. You know, if you're struggling with things, if you need some help, it's hard sometimes to ask, isn't it? It's hard to ask for help. The Bible tells us that one of the Holy Spirit's gifts, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is supernaturally knowing what will help someone. So that you don't need to be asked, you can anticipate what a fantastic spiritual gift that is. Amen. Well, I'd turn the world upside down if we all had that gift and used it, wouldn't it? It'd be fantastic. The Holy Spirit is working with us in blessing. And why should we be surprised? What does the Bible tell us about God's character? He's slow to and quick to. Oh, fancy that. God loves to bless. If we are blessing people, we are displaying God's character. Learning about godly character. You know, we should do a series on that, shouldn't we? Learn about godly character. We should do that. My goodness, yes, God's character is to bless. That should be our character, to bless. It's very simple. It's a missional habit. And that's one of the interesting things about bless, is that we bless because we've been blessed. Do you feel blessed? Do you feel blessed all the time? 
Sometimes we have to remind ourselves how blessed we are, don't we? Sometimes we have to, to remind us. But we bless because we bless. We are blessed in Jesus. What's it Paul says? Ephesians 1, 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. So we pass the blessing on. Now, we know that Satan is the father of lies, yes? We know that his job is to lead the world astray, to discourage, to break down, to perpetrate lies and deceit. And there are no more powerful lies than telling people how hopeless and rubbish and awful they are, how hopeless and dreadful life is, how everybody is against them, how everything's going to go wrong, how you have to look after yourself. It is a blessing to tell the positive truth. How hard is that? Is that a hard thing to do? But it is a blessing. But it's different. It's different from the world. It's fantastic. Okay, quick note on blessing, however. The point of blessing people is not as a sneaky way to become evangelists. That's not the point, okay? Genuinely, that's deceptive, that's manipulative, that's not what we're saying here. You bless people because you love them. What's questionable about your life is the compassion that you have. It's the deliberate desire to bless, to encourage, to build up. What people will see, genuinely, is not the blessing but the heart behind the blessing. And that has to be based in love, not an ulterior motive. So I just want to say, quick note on blessing. We bless because we love. We bless because God likes to bless. We bless because we follow Jesus. That's why we bless. Not because it's a nice sneaky bit. You know what I mean? It's not one of those, we'll, we'll give you food as long as you sit afterwards and listen to the gospel. That's not what we're saying. It's that we just bless because we want to bless. Now, Michael Frost, being of that ilk, he likes to put numbers on things and says you should do this number or that number. We, we're not going to do that. I would encourage you to read the book. It's very exciting. Some people have read the book. Who's read the book up to now? Yeah, very exciting, very inspiring, very challenging. What, he, what he's suggesting, and the Bible very much backs this up, is however, we don't accidentally wait till an opportunity falls in our lap that we hadn't noticed before we offer blessing. The suggestion is that we understand that it is our role in our lives to bless people. And we should be actively and deliberately on the lookout for opportunities to bless. Does that make sense? Some people like the word intentional. We are intentionally looking for opportunities to bless. We get up in the morning and we are looking to bless people deliberately bless people. Who can we compliment? Who can we encourage? Who needs a helping hand? Who needs some food? Who needs some money? 
who needs some support? Is it in your family? Is it in your workplace? Is it on the street? Is it when you're shopping? But we are deliberately blessing people because that's the kind of people that we are. We follow Jesus, we serve others, we live differently. How hard is that? Come on, How, is that hard? It's not that hard, is it? Surely. But it is a habit to get into. I like the definition. Freedom of Christ talks about habits quite a lot, and, and, and they, they, negatively and positively. And the positive thing is they say, if you choose to change a particular behavior and you keep it going for, how many weeks to say, Wendy? Somebody need to tell me what that is. 40 days. 40 days. So that's about a month and a bit. If you focus on it for a month and a bit, it becomes stuck in as your behavior and becomes a habit. So you spend the next month thinking, right, I just need to remember that I'm on the lookout for blessing people here. A month and a half in becomes second nature. Things have changed. That's easy, isn't it? The, the, the tricky bit here is to remember when people go, thanks so much, why'd you do that? What do you say? Because I follow Jesus. Simple as that. Why? Because I follow Jesus. You can also tell them that you love them, you care about them, it matters to you, they are important, all those other things. Fantastic. It's easy. Simple, but there. So here's the question. Can you live a questionable life? Can you live a questionable life? Can I live a questionable life? Can I live a more questionable life tomorrow than I've lived today? Yes. You know, somewhere in there, you know, there's a nice guy. <laughs> with a bit of effort, with a bit of effort, you know, I can, um, I can manage to get my head out of the tabernacles and, and, and actually think about other people. I can do that. And sometimes I'm a bit distracted. It's true. Sometimes I'm a bit down. It's true. Sometimes I'm a bit wrapped up in myself. It's true. I know it's not true of any of you, but it is of me. <laughs> so it's, it, it's a discipline to realize that I'm not the only person on the planet and that I am here to bless. You don't need to be an evangelist, but you are on a mission. And our mission is to live questionable lives, blessing other people and being ready with an answer. And the answer is, I follow Jesus.